On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Friday, April the 8th, Ian Cameron. And we've got some special guests joining me today. Uh, DJ Mitchell, we've seen him on the show with us before. He's back, uh, ready to break down the Friday card. We have a new first-time uh, special guest joining us from deep in the heart of Texas. Peyton Clark joining us here for the very first time on the uh, Ice Guys show for a Friday. Peyton, we'll start with you since you're joining us for the first time. Uh, just introduce the audience to who you are, your love for hockey, and uh, just tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I've been uh, playing hockey like my entire life, just like everybody else has. Um, played for Arizona State, a little bit of college hockey, got into coaching afterwards for about five years uh, with a company based out of Boston. Um, ironically enough, I'm wearing a Tampa Bay sweater and they're playing that tonight. But anyways, um, yeah, played hockey my entire life. Love doing it. Love, love coaching it. Love the game. Love breaking it down. That's why I'm on here. Went to nationals. Not a big deal when I was 16 years old. So I'm surprised I didn't get drafted. But we'll, you know, we can always get to that later. It's a good background for sure. And uh, like I say, in Arizona, from that hotbed of hockey, Arizona, hello, Tage Thompson. Hello, Austin Matthews. Uh, all of a sudden, not just talent in the NHL from the state of Arizona, but top tier talent. Uh, and that's definitely been uh, something really good to see. Uh, we haven't seen our guy DJ Mitchell in a while, but we'll get him back on the show a little bit more regularly, regular season, winding down playoffs as well. DJ, how are things with you? They're good. Uh, very, very busy. I mean, I'm working a nine to five and I sort of, I'm on The other screen over here is, is on. Uh, so it's just tough to do stuff during the day, but I really wanted to jump on and, and try to do as much as I can. Um, I've been sort of doing, Feel like wearing many hats trying to jump on as many different things as possible while still doing mayo media network i'll be picking up more shows there and uh the morning skate podcast which has been around for a long time uh me and breaking down every dfs main slate we can um matt moods fake moods on uh DraftKings, real good dfs player and i've had, I've had my a couple wins this year so i can't i can't complain about uh my output on that end either no, no, absolutely not. And uh, I'm not just saying that to uh, give DJ a little credit here, but his podcast, The Morning Skate's really good. Great info. They really dive into line combinations and guys going up and down the lineup. It comes to DFS and player props. That kind of stuff matters. You want to, before we get into Friday's card, we've got five games tonight. Just some thoughts on last night because it was a big slate. Uh, we saw the Rangers shut out the Penguins. Shesterkin giving the uh, Penguin uh, players the old wave after the game, like, see you later. Uh, you know, fueling the fire, adding some gasoline, if you will, on the fire uh, with that little maneuver. But he was great, obviously. Although Crosby, a sudden late scratch, not a lot of people expected that. 
uh, last night, but the Rangers get a, a shutout win against the uh, Penguins. Continue to play good hockey. This was a team that advanced numbers-wise for a large part of the season. It hasn't been pretty. Their advanced numbers have really improved. You know, the last several games, the Rangers, and they get a nice 3 nothing win there. Philly beats Columbus 4-1. Nashville, uh, much needed two points for them as they try to cement a wild-card spot. Uh, they beat Ottawa 3-2. Uh, my best bet on the show last night, Montreal Canadiens, plus 140 uh, against New Jersey. I really couldn't believe the Devils were laying that big of a price. With no Jack Hughes, with the defensive issues and the goaltending problems they have right now, uh, and Montreal puts up a seven spot. Cole Caulfield lights the lamp again, which he's been doing regularly lately for the Canadians there. Uh, Carolina c- comes back to beat Buffalo 5-3 after a bit of a slow start. Buffalo, of course, uh, great effort still from the Sabres. Even when they lose these days, they're still playing pretty well. Uh, Seattle shuts out Chicago. I expected more from the Blackhawks on Marion Hosa night. They did not deliver there. Uh, Vancouver keeps their playoff hopes alive, even though they're slim. They're t- taking care of business right now. They beat Arizona 5-1. Calgary beat San Jose 4-2. Edmonton, another nice road win for them against the L.A. Kings 3-2. Uh, pretty solid win to extend their lead over L.A. for second in the battle for second in that Pacific uh, division. And, of course, Toronto-Dallas got to end there just because it was Austin Matthews breaking the Leafs' single-season goal-scoring record, his 55th goal, and then his 56th goal as well, the overtime winner. you got to love how smart a hockey player he is to go with the immense talent and skill. He sees Tyler Sagan. He knows he's ripe for the picking. He knows defensively he can't hang with Austin Matthews, takes it to the net, beats uh, Scott Wedgwood uh, for the uh, overtime winner, and gives the Leafs a 4-3 win there. Peyton, uh, some thoughts on the, some of the hockey that you saw last night? I mean, I there was – so many great matchups last night. I love the Preds right now. Uh, they are they're playing with so much grit. I mean, if you my my I have a, I have a twin brother. You know, quick uh, quick background, and he he loves the Preds. And he was telling me last night. He goes, last season they only had twelve fights. This season they had over over fifty. So they they've changed their style of play. Uh, they've been a hard team to play against. I was uh, given the nickname like the you know the bullies on on Broadway, um, because they've they've just been a gritty team to play against. Love that matchup. Uh, you mentioned Cole Caulfield. He has just been on fire ever since St. Louis became the coach. And I saw a clip where he was breaking down um, like a one-timer mover where Ovi's office is and catch the pass, fake the one-timer, step out, create new angle. Um, he has just been so fun to watch, so electric. He's finally you know, getting his confidence coming into his way. Uh, another, another game I watched, obviously, Austin Matthews. We could always talk about him for hours on end. Um, but I thought the Oilers uh, – Pulled out a win pretty good. I mean, the Kings have been sneaky good lately. Uh, you know, they're they're trying to trying to you know get that last uh, playoff spot out there. But you know, when you're playing against McDavid and Drysital, uh, it's always going to be a tough night for the team. It goes to show you that Edmonton, like uh, they can play defense, and Mike Smith can play well when he wants to. But you don't get it every single game with them. But the thing that I and I lost with LA, took a shot with them as a home dog last night, but. I, I said, I'm going to dare Edmonton to really play that well on the road, both ends of the ice against mm-hmm. someone other than San Jose and Anaheim. I mean, let's be honest. That's who they beat the first two games of the road trip. I thought it would be a step up for them against L.A. They played well. They passed the test. And credit to uh, Edmonton. And they played good hockey for about two weeks. Yeah, they've had a couple blips in the uh, on the screen. Other, but up for the most part, the last couple weeks, uh, their team game overall has improved. And again, it's just going to come down to that 
that team defense and that goaltending at playoff time because McDavid's been great. Dreisaitl's been great. You can't just say it's those two old guys only. Yamamoto stepped up. Hyman's been a great addition. Vander Kane's been doing pretty well lately. When he's not taking four penalties a game, I should say, he's still got issues with that. I mean, he takes some really reckless, stupid, undisciplined penalties. And at some point, that's going to cost Edmonton. But he is producing at the offensive end, which is what Ken Holland brought him in to do. Uh, DJ, some thoughts from uh, last night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hit, I hit, I think three of my four best bets. Uh, I had like my, like a couple of my favorite props hit, but it was my first actual um, of ten props. I only hit, I think four. This is my first not great prop night, but all of my favorite gold props hit in one parlay, which saved me big time because it was like twenty five dollars turned into like seven hundred because I round robin the whole thing so sometimes you know one part of your game doesn't get there um my, one of my favorite bets that didn't hit was that edmonton la over i was shocked it should have hit many different ways uh, or at least pushed i can't yeah. believe we didn't get the six goal there because i had it at six is what it is um i think the most impressive stat that i saw was the taves line got i i don't think i've ever seen it if you guys use hockey viz or not when they were out there against the mccann line they didn't register a single shot attempt um, the Taves line for Chicago. I mean, they got bullied by a back-to-back, yep. -back, not very good Seattle team. So the play that St. Louis the night before, right? Yeah, I, I was. I mean, I had a lineup that had the perfect Vancouver stack to win all the money, and I put it with freaking Chicago one. I oh my god, it was them, Toronto, and Edmonton. I couldn't make anything work perfectly besides Chicago. I I, I almost threw my laptop out the window. I was like, come <laughs> on, um, you know, and. The other stack, the, one of the stacks I talked about loving was that Caulfield stack. I didn't end up having it. It went crazy. And it's one of those things that in DFS, just because the team's really bad, doesn't mean they won't be a winning lineup like type of a stack because sometimes teams are really bad and one of their lines is not really bad. And that line could destroy Andrew Hammond. I mean, I just, I think that that's one thing I've noticed is their ownership was way less than I thought it'd be. I should have been in on it a little bit more than I was. Um, but other than that, I mean, I lucked out in Toronto, Dallas over. That was luck more than anything else. And I also like Montreal. That was my dog tonight, which wasn't that bold. Everything else kind of just some weird things that didn't get there. Like Jesper Pratt not getting three shots on goal kind of broke my heart. But we'll move forward. I think tonight's hopefully going to be a little bit better. Yeah, that's the great thing about NHL and these kind of sports that are every day. NBA, baseball, every single day you can uh, pick yourself up pick yourself up off the mat quickly if you have a bad day the day before and look to uh, bounce back and have better results the next day. So with that in mind, let's break down a Friday night slate and uh, with five games. We'll start with the Boston Bruins taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 150 home favorites here, five and a half the total. Six in a lot of spots, five and a half though at DraftKings, which is important to note because if you can find that five and a half at DraftKings or other places, although you should be Looking at DraftKings, our great sponsors and partners here at the Ice Guys and the Hockey Podcast Network. I am interested in the over a little bit at five and a half. Tampa Bay's been trending that way uh, the last few games for sure. Uh, so I think more than anything, even without Pasternak in the lineup for the uh, Boston Bruins, we're looking at a Boston team that their last uh, five games they've scored. Actually, if you go back their last six games, they've scored six, four, eight, five, three, and three. So they've been consistently putting the puck in the net the last six games. Will they miss Pasternak? Yeah, uh, they will. Uh, but, you know, Marshawn Bergeron, DeBrusque's going to play on that top line, and he's filled the, the void pretty well. Uh, we know the reason why he's still a Bruin is because of the great 
you know, stretch of play he's uh, had for them the last several weeks. Hall, Howland, and McLaughlin in the second line. Uh, it looks like Coyle and Smith on the third line for the uh, Bruins. So, yes, obviously, Pasta will be missed. He's not suiting up tonight for the Bruins. But I like the way their collective team is playing at the moment offensively. I think they can overcome that absence a little bit. Not to mention, you know, Vasilevsky's got a little bit of a shaky time of it right now. There's no doubt about that. This is uh, a goalie that's kind of fighting it right now. He gives up four to Washington. Toronto laid him up for six uh, in the 6-2 Leaf victory over the Lightning on Monday. Uh, five, although that was Elliott, the Montreal game, so throw that one out. But still, Tampa gives up five, uh, four, actually. The 5-4 was a shootout. Uh, so, you know, there's just been some issues with Vasilevsky's play uh, as of late. So I think Boston can chip in offensively here. Like I said, Tampa's gone over in five straight games. I think they are capable of uh, finding the back of the net here more than anything, because even though he's going to get the start tonight, Linus Allmark uh, for the Bruins, he's been good lately. I mean, the last five starts, I just don't trust it to continue for him indefinitely. I mean, I don't look at him as a 1.69 goals against 931 save percentage goalie. I just don't. Now, that's his numbers in the last five starts. But still, there's been a lot of mediocrity as well. He's facing a Tampa Bay team that I know they're not playing their best hockey right now, far from it, having lost three in a row. Uh, but I think offensively they can make some uh, do some damage here, especially when you look at the fact that there may be there won't be Hampus Lindholm on that blue line for the uh, Bruins lower body injury. He won't suit up tonight. That's a guy that was brought in to be one of your sturdy, more reliable shut down defensemen for the uh, Boston Bruins. He won't be in the lineup tonight. So I would just stick to maybe over five and a half minus one twenty, which is what it is at DraftKings. As far as a side goes, uh, good on you trying to pick one. Uh, I'm not laying a buck fifty with Tampa Bay. Like I say, they look disinterested. They look like they just they don't care where they finish in the standings. They look like they just want to get the playoffs here. And on the Boston side of the equation, you know they do have a couple injuries that bother me. If I were to if I had to pick a side or bet a side here, I would I would take Boston at the plus money at the plus price at one thirty. And they have won two straight head to head against Tampa. Uh, but I think just in this spot, I'm going to stay back a little bit. Uh, just look maybe toward over five and a half, just to lean to Boston. I won't be pulling the trigger personally on the side because I know the moment I do fade Tampa, that's going to be the night they show up. Uh, and uh, they always do worry about that. But right now, Tampa is a favorite. I'm not interested with what I've seen. I've seen disillusionment. I've seen disengagement from this team. I've seen a distinct lack of urgency at the moment from the Lightning. Maybe they ramp it up tonight, but I'm going to have to see it first. Uh, DJ, what do you think here, Bruins Lightning? Yeah, no, this, I think you kind of summed it up pretty nicely. I don't have this game as, uh, I have it at 5.6, so it's right there on the edge. Um, we're not getting Pasternak, as you said. I think Tampa goes back to Kucherov point and Stamkos, as they did in the last game when they were down against Washington. I think that's going to stick, but we don't have confirmation on that yet. It's Again, you talked about that Tampa event, but this Boston team just went into Detroit and lost 5-3, to three, so I don't feel great about them either. I think the best... If anything on this entire game is DeBrusque over a point at plus 100, he was on the top power play. I mean, he's definitely a good shooter, and he plays with guys named Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. That's all the time. That's every minute of his ice time is going to be with them. So I think that that's where I'd go first and foremost. Uh, I'm not really interested in laying huge, you know, minus 200 to, you know, minus, yeah, minus 200 for Stamkos, minus 180 for points, a little bit better for point. To have a point, but I'd rather just take the brusque. Feels like this is an over, as you said, right around six goals. The brusque is probably involved. 
I don't really feel super strong on any shots except for maybe Bergeron over three and a half at plus 10. He's been shooting a ton, uh, but no uh, Pasternak. He's shooting way more on the power play. That's definitely the guy they're trying to get shooting the puck, him and DeBrusque. So those are probably the two, and I'm not taking a side here. I think I shade Tampa by a hair, and it's just not enough. Um, I almost have this game as a dead pick em. So I guess that makes me think maybe Boston, but I just don't like it. I'd rather just keep my money and uh, not do it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, that's the great thing about uh, sports editors, hockey betters, any sport. They have to put out a betting line and props and numbers for every game. We don't have to bet every game. You know, that is the great thing. And uh, you can pick and choose. Uh, for me, this is a lukewarm opinion on the over. That's about it. Maybe Nick Paul has some value from a prop standpoint for Tampa because he did score the other night. Uh, to score a goal, you can get him in that, you know, 350 to 400 range. Uh, even shots on goals, an option there. He had four in the last game. Uh, so that's definitely something yeah. to keep in mind. If he's again, it, yes. it's kind of like, what well, I don't know. I mean, with Sorelli, it's not like Sorelli's useless, but he's yep. not Stephen Stamco. So it really is going to depend. And I think if it is point Palat Kucherov, I'm going to go back to Kucherov shot prop for sure because yep. he was firing like crazy in that game. Yeah, I don't know exactly what he finished with with shot attempts, but I could probably pull it up quickly. It was a ton. He had three blocked, three missed. No, I'm on the wrong side. He had four blocked, one missed. And four on net. So I might go back to him if the lines stay the same, but we'll see. If it's with Sam Coast point, I hate I just hate picking playing Russian roulette with that line who's gonna shoot. Yeah, exactly. All right, Peyton, what did you think here? Boston and Tampa. Yeah, you know, I want to jump on the bandwagon with you guys about not really picking a team here because I mean, as you mentioned, I mean when Ian, we were talking about this prior is the lightning, they don't they don't care like where they finish at this point, you know. Uh, you know, they they finished first beforehand and didn't turn out too well with Columbus, but I mean, they're also down in the series two to one against the season series versus um, the Bruins. And I don't know, I think it'd be uh, tough to pick a particular team at this moment, just because obviously, you know, just do the injuries and stuff like that. It's, it's quite a gamble, but what's been very um, fun to watch the past couple of weeks is we've had so many different uh, potential playoff matchups happening in the regular season. So, you know, I'm sure the coaches on the locker room saying, Hey, we could see these guys. Let's establish dominance now, um, just to like you know have that mental edge on them leading in the, you know, for the Cup Finals and everything. But uh, I don't know. It would be a be a pretty pretty tough one at this moment to pick a pick a straight up head to head because of that. Yeah, it is. It's too t- especially Tampa. I mean, to to be Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay's already got May second on their mind. That's what it looks like right now with the way they played lately. May set, which of course is the first day of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. I think that's what they're thinking of right now. Uh, we've got Andrew McGinnis joining us now. And I didn't realize he got last-minute tickets and a flight to Augusta, Georgia, and the, uh, <laughs> Augusta National there. But uh, look at that. That's pretty good. Uh, he's joining us from the Mass. No, I'm kidding, of course. That's just his backdrop. Uh, Andrew, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, you know, a little bit late, but it sounds like you're kind of just getting started here. So, uh, yeah, good to be here. Uh, pretty busy day. You know, lots of sports going on. As we know, it's uh, it's not just an NHL day. It's We're talking about – Masters, baseball, uh, yep. NBA, so much stuff going on. But uh, yeah, in this game, guys, I kept it kept it simple here. I mean, I'm just on the first period over one and a half. It's kind of where I've looked. I think we'll see a desperate uh, Tampa Bay team. And, you know, when I say desperate, you know, all the things you guys just said, I mean, how much do they care? We've been kind of asking ourselves that for a while. But uh, I think they care enough to have a good first period. But I also don't trust them defensively. And the Bruins' top guns are playing very well. Um, I missed who you guys were talking about, but I'm going to assume maybe it was Patrice Bergeron for shots on goal because he's crushing that prop. So 
Um, those are kind of two looks that I'd mentioned here today on the show for this one. First period over. And uh, hey, why not keep it going here with the uh, Bergeron shots on goal? Yeah, he has been. And obviously with, with uh, no Pasternak tonight, you'd think their opportunity will be there for more of a volume shooter as well tonight for uh, Bergeron on that uh, Bruins top line tonight. All right, Buffalo Sabres, Florida Panthers, Florida minus 440. Uh, home favorites here, seven the total. Uh, I'm back on the over with the Florida Panthers here. Uh, over seven, minus 110. I talked myself into not shying away from sevens with the Florida Panthers a few games ago, and since then I've won every over I've taken with them. The New Jersey game, the Toronto game, uh, uh, every game pretty much since that uh, time, and even at sevens we're seeing this team go uh, up and over the total. Uh, Dustin Tokarski expected to be in net tonight after Anderson got the start last night against Carolina. Uh, Dustin Tokarski's struggling. I mean, that's all there is to it. If you watch every recent Sabres game, and certainly DJ has uh, with Tokarski and net, he looks like this miniature man that the pucks are going right through him. He doesn't take up a whole lot of space in the net. Uh, and right now there's players left and right on opposing teams finding holes uh, against Dustin Tokarski. Even the one victory he did get recently, that was just they bailed him out and scored six, you know, when they beat Chicago. You know, that crazy goal where the stick breaks and it ricochets off the skate of Lankinen, and that's the game-winning goal with like 10 seconds left. It's not like Tokarski played well in that game. He gave up five, uh, but Buffalo scored six for him. So he's really fighting it. And the fact that he doesn't cover up a lot of the net, when you think about all these weapons and all these lethal finishers that the Florida Panthers have, you know, that really could be trouble. And you add on to that, that Buffalo could be a little bit, you know, worn down, fatigued a little bit coming into this game. Second night of back-to-back games on the road uh, after playing in Carolina last night. You know, this could be a pretty good night for the Florida Panthers offense to uh, go off and have another big night. And they've certainly done a lot of that lately. Seven against Montreal, four against Florida, seven against Jersey, five against Buffalo last uh, weekend in Buffalo. And then the seventh spot to come back and beat Toronto. Uh, earlier this week uh, on the flip side though buffalo i think they can find the back of the net too here in this one their offense has been finding ways and they haven't necessarily lit up the shot counter uh like they did last night against uh, carolina they still scored three in fact you look back at the buffalo sabers nine of their last 10 games they have scored at least three goals and that is significant because while i did bet over seven I like Buffalo team total here as well. Over two and a half at plus 110. I mean, for a team that scored three, nine of the last 10 games, a Florida team that right now is just not shutting it down completely, night in and night out at the defensive end. You know, this Buffalo Sabres team total over two and a half, it's been continuing to cash. I've taken it a few times. I didn't take it last night, and I should have, and someone I know uh, very well really liked it. And I said, I don't know, Carolina beat, Lost to Buffalo uh, in Buffalo. I think they maybe, you know, get back at Buffalo pretty well here tonight. And I don't know if I love that team total. Sure enough, Buffalo's got freaking two goals on the board the first six minutes before I even blinked last night. So, no, that's an undervalued thing right now with the Sabres. Their team total over. Uh, they only need three to cash it. They've scored three goals minimum, nine of the last 10 games. So I'm going to take uh, bet that as well. Sabres team total over two and a half at a plus price, plus 110. And I also like the over seven here with the uh, full game uh, total as well. Sabres and Panthers. Peyton, we'll start with you on this one. What do you think? Buffalo, Florida. So I was hoping you were going to call me first. I'm going to pick Buffalo. Uh, and the reason why I say that is, I mean, their past five games, they're, they're playing against Stanley Cup teams. And and, uh, and I know it's kind of weird because in the series, uh, in the season series with the Panthers, they are 3-0. and 
Um, so the, oh, the Panthers, the Panthers are three and zero. So in my mind, I'm like they're probably due for a win because they've been playing so well. I think that team is starting to click very well. I bet that the, the whole like camaraderie in the locker room is getting there. Uh, DJ, I know we were talking about this prior uh, to the show as well. Is is I think they're like that team is like they've got optimism right now. I, I think they're really galvanizing. Um, they're playing for each other. They got a young team. They got some like sick draft picks coming in, um, and I think that they have a lot to prove. They have a lot to prove. Um, just wrapping up the season and years to come. I mean, yeah, they're. I'm sure the players are pissed off. The fans are pissed off that you know they just set an NHL record for most years consecutively missed out of a Stanley Cup playoff. So, I mean, they're those guys like they're fighting for their jobs. You know, they're fighting for spots on the team, and, and I know they want to end the season strong. So, I, me personally, I would I would go with the Sabers at this point because the Panthers they've already got a lot. They don't care as much. Yeah, I, I might sprinkle on the plus one and a half just for some security. I don't know about whether they win, but I think they're very live. I'm not. I'm certainly not laying minus four forty uh, against the Buffalo Sabers right now. That is not happening. No. And, and I, someone asked me on Twitter, "What do you think of these teams that are out of the playoffs? Do they just mail it in?" I said, "Does it look like Buffalo's mailing it in right now? No, they are not." You've got to take it case by case. Every team is different. Some teams out of the playoffs, they're rolling over and playing dead right now. Uh, you know, you're seeing teams. San Jose's kind of like that. Arizona's struggling right now. Uh, but the Buffalo Sabres are not one of those teams. So it's case by case with that question. You know, is a team out of the playoffs going to just roll over and mail it in the rest of the way? Buffalo's not done that. And again, the plus one and a half, if you want to be a little bit more cautious and not take money line, plus one and a half is plus 160. Right now on the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Look at the price you can get with that. And Florida is coming off a big comeback against Toronto. So this could be one of those. And I think they play Nashville. Yes, they do tomorrow night. So, you know, it is a little bit of a dubious spot for the Panthers, especially as a minus 440 favorite here. Uh, DJ, what do you think? Buffalo, Florida. (sighs) I really struggle with this game for many reasons. One, being a Sabres fan, just you're automatically biased. Uh, but maybe in the wrong direction sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, though, uh, this game sets up in a, a few different ways. Number one, over the last 10, uh, these teams are four and five in Corsi against per 60 as far as being good defensively. So they're limiting shots better than anyone except for the Rangers, um, Carolina, and Boston. So they've been actually pretty good defensively. Both teams have. <sighs> Granted, the Sabres' last 10 includes a lot of bad games before the last uh, three against Carolina, Carolina, and Florida. So before then, they, they got to play Chicago, which is basically uh, free. They don't get to shoot against you at all because they suck. But this game, in, in general, it doesn't profile to me as like the easiest over bet. But, man, it feels like it. It really, like everything about this, Tukarski, um, the, the Sabres, like you said, coming out, playing as hard as they can late in the year. And the way Florida just bounces back in games. So, I'm not going to bet it personally because all of my math is saying don't bet this over. It shouldn't get there, but the shot attempts. So I'm not going to do it myself. I'm also not going to take the Sabres over two and a half, even though it just prints money. And I bet it almost every night. Uh, But this, this matchup really lends to them not getting there. I think if you do like the over, you're kind of betting on Tukarski just being terrible. And you're just, why not take the plus, you know, 115 at four and a half over, because if it's going to get there, it's probably because the Panthers pump five on them which I kind of think could happen here. Um, you know, as far as DraftKings is concerned, I do think laying Buffalo one in a lineup is just a good option because if you think they're going to get three goals, we know where it's coming from. All of these other three lines are very bad. Uh, so Tuck, Tom, and Skinner are come way down in price from where they usually are against Florida, which I don't really think is 
all that warranted with the way Florida gives up goals. Um, so yeah, this game was a struggle for me. I, you know, I look at a couple of different things here. I think that the props on the other hand are interesting because we should get Mackenzie Weger on the first power play again. He played the entire last game on the first power play against Toronto and they scored three times. So him coming off the first power play would be a bit crazy to me. Uh, it's not quite what it was, but minus 125 for Mackenzie Weger, who is just their best defenseman. And when he's out there, Barkov's out there. Huberto's out there. Drew's out there. They don't really use him other than to try to create more offense. So I really don't see him missing uh, in perpetuity, I guess. But you never know in a one-game sample. Really, a lot of these Panthers props, except for Barkov and Huberto, feel pretty good. Uh, Verhage led them in five-on-five minutes last game when they scored seven. He plays with Barkov in all of those five-on-five minutes, yet he's not in the first power play. I get it, but he's what? Minus 135. So I do think if you think the Panthers can score, there's a lot of point props you can take. I've been stacking my point props. uh, Obviously, all straight, you can't correlate them together in a parlay. I'm having, I would say, some success. Some nights are perfect. You get the first goal in the first period, and all of your props have hit, and you just feel fantastic. Last night, a little bit worse, but what are you going to do? Um, I do think we are picked into really anything you want to do. Like if you want to go with, um, you know, any of the lines and, and go with the players and the power play, it fits nicely. Uh, I don't know if there's one shot prop I'm overly bullish on here. Really not one player is I'm just pulling up the exact teams. The only player that stands out is actually Mackenzie Weger. He's averaging 7.4 shot attempts over the last 10. He's not getting them on net. So I don't know what's going on there because he's, only hit a couple in his last 10 of or two and a halves. So I don't know how that's happening. Uh, the next guy on the list is Giroux, which it, it it's a bit, it's shaky, but I like it. I, I think I might do it, but what's the price on again? It's. Uh, He's only minus 135 to get a point yeah, tonight. We for Florida. That too. Yeah. That, I mean, that's even better. That's the thing is I think that there's more opportunity for a point to hit because the expected goals are higher than what the shot yeah. volume should be. So when that happens, I normally go to point props. People always ask yeah. me, why do you pick a point here and not a shot here? And I'm like, well, that's why, because there shouldn't be as much volume in this game in general, but I think there should be more goals than expected. So yeah. that's kind of how I'm looking at this. Less shots, but a high degree of efficiency is what we could exactly. see. And, and that's what the same. I mean, the Sabres, like you said, in the first six minutes, actually in the first nine minutes, they had two shots on goal and they both went in. They both so, went so, in. Uh, yeah. How efficient can team be? So yeah, I, I just think there should be more goals above expected here. So I'd rather go with the point props than the shot props. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. when teams are just in a good groove offensively, they don't need 30, 40 shots on goal in a game to produce, you know, give them 10, 15 shots and they cool. can get you three or four. Well, they have three um, lines yeah. that can't produce at five on five. So they yeah. only have one. So when they, one. you know, you get 10 minutes, they get two or three ships. That's you know, why. Uh, well, once in a while you get a little, yeah. you get a little blip and a little uh, sign of life <laughs> get, from the Poso. Dylan Cousins yeah. sneaking through Cousins and, and middle stat every now and then I, I was kind of disappointed with how, what he's done since he's returned i know he's coming uh, back but it, it is flashes it is yeah. if you watch every single shift you notice him once and that one shift is a, a great move and a great shot on that and the rest of the time he's disappeared hopefully yeah, we find him a little more often in the future because I mean, you know, DJ, i'm glad you brought up weaker because he's been yeah. playing nasty lately he's been getting, he's getting chances he's like he's being put in spots to like produce for the team the past five games he's got five points Yep. Now, granted, yeah, I don't he, get it. Granted, he has been on the on the highlight reel a little bit uh, with that missed tip from uh, to Darlene, and then whenever Marner burned him on the uh, on the shorthanded goal. But besides that, I mean, he's looked great. Yeah. I mean, yep. he's got five and five, so which is which is really good for his point average. Um, he's he's come a he's long way. He's got a mini Devon thing going on. 
where yeah. his offensive game is really evolving from the back end, much like Devon Taves has this year with the Colorado Avalanche, where I didn't know he had that in him. And now all of a sudden we see it, and we're starting to see it in glimpses right now with Mac Wegar as well. Honestly, it's a really good comparison because if McCarr misses, all of a sudden Devon Taves just tries to become Kale McCarr. And I really think Wegar is trying to become Aaron Ekblad. It's not quite, it's, you know, it's yeah. a watered down version, yeah. but that's right. It doesn't matter to me because I'll take that when it's, I mean, Ekblad would be minus 200, easy, probably yeah. more tonight. And we get Wegar, same minutes, same usage, trying to do the same thing. And doing yeah. it decently successful, as we just said, at a much reduced price. I mean, that's how you that's how you pick the best prop. Yeah, exactly. So Wegar makes sense. Buck thirty-five is what I'm seeing just to get a point. If you want to be adventurous, because he has had two points in back-to-back games, I see it over one and a half on Wegar plus three twenty. If you really, really want to get a little bit of a value uh, price there, definitely something to uh, consider. Uh, all right, Andrew. Finally, time to get you in here. What do you think here, Buffalo, Florida? I feel like I should just wait until the next game now. You guys have <laughs> dissected the hell out of this one, so I feel like there's no point in me even saying anything. Uh, but, you know, I think that uh, that Sabres team total over is where I'm going to look here. I mean, you know, every time you think it might be, you know what, Sabres have played well, and then they've kind of looked, you know, maybe it's going to be a flat spot tonight. It hasn't been. You know, and the Florida Panthers, they have been involved in some heavy games right, lately. they played some really tough teams recently, and even the games they haven't played tough teams, they've put forward great efforts. So, um you know, there's no, there's no reason why this shouldn't be a seven. That's for sure. I mean, you can, I can't talk anybody off and over, but um, I'm just going to take a look at that Sabres team total over. I like what they're doing. They're, they're giving a full effort. And most importantly, just kind of like what you mentioned, Ian, about yesterday, um, I had uh, a small piece of Carolina puck line, and I should go and buy a lottery ticket for that one. But the start that Buffalo is having is the most impressive thing. So even if they can catch Florida off guard and get one even in the first period, two maybe, you know, they set themselves up and obviously we love those low team totals because you're not trying to ask them to get to four or five goals. You know, you just need three goals to win. Yeah, definitely. And, and don't forget about live betting Florida when they're down by five. That's that's yeah. a mortal lock. So if the Sabres that's do been good three on them early. I, yeah. I had it. I was actually really weirdly. I'll just well, the devil's game was down by four and I had it and I was going to bet it. And I was actually going to play laser tag, weirdly enough. And I was trying to, it wouldn't load and I couldn't bet it. And I'm like, that's never going to hit anyways. And it hits. I'm like, oh my God. So don't go play laser tag if you're trying to bet. Yeah. Yeah. Good piece of advice. Yeah. Don't get distracted when you're trying to place live bets. Focus on the task at hand. Good. That is a good piece of advice. Because I've missed out. Someone calls me at the last minute and I forget. And then I missed the chance. So put the bet in, then do something else. Yeah. Islanders, Hurricanes, uh, Hurricanes minus 180 home favorites here, five and a half the total. This is going to be a pass for me. I, I don't really have much on this game. I think Carolina, it is back to back, but it's at home. There's no travel situation. Uh, Islanders have played better lately, uh, but they fell short to Dallas the other night. Uh, and it's really to the point now where that loss in particular, like snuffed out any little glimmer of hope they had probably to catch Washington. It's not going to happen now. Uh, Carolina needs to keep winning. I don't think that's just, wow, we beat Buffalo. We're back on track. We can slough off and, uh, and just screw off tonight and not do anything to uh, beat the Islanders. No, uh, they're still only two points ahead of the Rangers right now for first in the Metro. You know, the Rangers have come on like a freight train. So these are still important games, important points for the Hurricanes. They're still, to me, a better team than the Islanders. They've owned the Islanders. You look at the head-to-head, I think it's nine straight head-to-head wins for the Carolina Hurricanes over the New York Islanders. But am I going to lay minus 180 or even regulation uh, on a back-to-back? No. So I think Carolina wins, but I'm passing here. Andrew, uh, we'll start with you here. Islanders, Hurricanes. 
Yeah, this one, uh, you know, when I first looked at it, you're, you're, you always, I, I talked about uh, in the month of April, when I do my handicapping, I work backwards. You know, I cross off the games I'm not going to be interested in and, and see what's left, you know. And this one, at first, didn't seem as appealing until I started looking at it more and more and more. And as you guys know, Brendan Moore is one of those coaches that you just don't want to piss off. He's a great coach to rely on for comebacks, to give it to his team during the intermissions. And also, I think he's also a coach that doesn't get too satisfied. You know, hey, I'm happy because they covered the puck line yesterday. If I'm a coach of that team, though, in your meeting after the game with the coaches meeting, are you guys pumped about that game for Carolina? No. Because the players are celebrating the music going in the locker room, you know, clinch the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. But really, it wasn't a good game. They played 20 minutes of hockey. And to your point you just made there, Ian, um, it's not like there's just nothing left to prove. I mean, in, in the in the NBA right now, the Miami Heat, they literally have nothing else, you know, to prove. They're first place in the East. Not the case here for the Hurricanes and for a lot of teams in the NHL still fighting for those individual spots in the playoffs. And you know, um, I'm not a huge trends and stats guy. You know, as you know, like we use it for our handicapping. I'm not going to come on here and, and read you guys all kinds of things anybody can look up. But there's a lot of things that point towards the Hurricanes in this matchup, the Islanders as underdogs. Um, you know, they're a great team when they're a favorite. They're a great team and pick up matchups. But uh, line for line and, and defensively, I don't think they match up well against Carolina. And also, I hate to crap on anti-Ranta, but let's be honest here. There's only 21 or 22 shots allowed last night. And as someone that had Carolina puck line, I was like, damn, if you look at the scoreboard, you wouldn't think that. Uh, anyway, so Freddie's in tonight. That also helps. So I like Carolina in regulation. All right. Like in Carolina, Andrew here in regulation. Get him closer to uh, even money with that. Uh, how about you, DJ Isles and Hurricanes? I mean, it, it's Sorokin in that. That definitely hurts the upside here. I actually have this as like an expected goal pace thing as the highest total of the night. and. That definitely hurts it. Uh, I like, honestly, Sorokin save prop over 30 and a half. I think Carolina puts over 30 shots on him for sure. So if Sorokin is healthy, which I'm guessing he is, he hits that for sure. Um, I think there will be a lot of shots from the Hurricanes. So this, but uh, just because the Islanders have been a train wreck defense. Well, eh, that's a little bit strong. They've been not very good defensively. Uh, bottom five in Corsi against over the last five. Um so I think that, you know, I'm not really looking at many Islanders props at all because I have no trust in any of their lines to find and, and sustain a lot of offense. Um, for that reason, I, you know, Trocek over two and a half, he had what, six, yeah, six shots, uh, shot attempts, five on goal last game, over two and a half plus 145. He's with Turbo now. And I think Turbo is just a better puck distributor than Sveshnikov. Makes a lot of sense considering Sveshnikov is their best rate shooter. So if that sticks, I, I mean, I don't think you need to bet that before we get the lineup and we're not going to get it before, you know, 20 minutes before puck drop. I think you wait it out, make sure, bet that prop. But I can't imagine they change as they didn't change last game and they came back and won. So, yeah. you know, I think both they of them are fine. Around some the winning lineup. Yeah, that's yeah so, so Trocek over two and a half plus 145 just kind of seemed egregious to me, like a mispricing only. That's just how they price things. He was over one and a half at minus 185. Then he gets it. Now they move it to here. It's not like they reinvent the wheel every time. So just how it shifts, um, take advantage of it. That's the best prop here. Uh, I know it's not a slam dunk. We might be in the third period praying that we get that last one. But with Sorokin and Net, I think they keep it a bit closer. I had the I have the puck line. I took it before Sorokin was in. A little bit more worried about it now because I do like the Hurricanes a lot here. But, you know, I think you just take that, move on. A point prop is, is okay from the Hurricanes. Spesnikov minus one. Well, he's with Ajo now. 
So that's pretty good. If you're playing with Sebastian Ajo full-time, I might get a point by accident. So, I, I mean, that feels like the better point props on anything. But again, you might want to wait till the last minute. Trocheck minus 125 as well. Full power play. Again, he's normally not the most involved on that power play as far as him getting an assist on the power play isn't as likely as Sveshnikov and Ajo. Um, so I'd just rather be a little bit over here with the point props. Um, other than that, yeah, I think I gave you three pretty good ones. I'll, I'll pass it on. And Sorokin has been good. That's the one caveat yeah. to this. And, and if, uh, there's some Sorokin, people on Twitter saying yeah. uh, the, the, the made a case for the Islanders, saying well, we got to you know fade the team after clinching a playoff spot. Do you really think the Hurricanes are you know <laughs> having a celebration and popping the champagne after clinching a playoff spot? I mean, come on, guys, what are we d- talking about here? What's more valuable me? right now than taking yeah. one? In the, I mean, one in the East might be one of the more valuable things, and they're right yeah. there. I mean, if you play Washington at home, home ice throughout. That's a lot better than playing um, Boston right now. I mean, I don't know. I think that that's a, that's motivation for me if, if I'm a player. Yeah. Uh, the bottom line is I'm not saying that the you know, Islanders aren't a terrible side. They're getting a nice price. They've put up a good effort re- recently, repeatedly. But if you're going to use the crux of your argument to bet on them tonight as letdown after clinching a playoff spot, I think it's misguided. Find other reasons to like the Islanders. Don't say it's a fate of Carolina clinching a playoffs, but they, this is not something to celebrate. They have big aspirations moving forward. They're not celebrating a clinching a playoff spot. No way, no how. Uh, what do you think, Peyton? Islanders, Canes? I think uh, in these breakdowns, going last sucks because everybody's already said everything. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> Everybody Andrew, agrees Andrew, great, great job breaking it down. And just to piggyback off what, uh, what you said and uh, Ian said as well is – I mean, with, with Rob the Bod behind the bench, that guy, he, he's, he's not a content person. He, he wants to be the best always. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think they're in the locker room celebrating. I mean, maybe some of the guys might have gone to the bar last night or something. But, you know, they, they still like want to lock in number one. I mean, like, like New York's on their heels. But this game is really interesting because the Islanders and the Hurricanes, they, they both play such structured games. Very, very, I mean, you know, Barry Trotz, very structured. I mean, look, look, Jesus, like, look, look at their GM. <laughs> so they're, they're very locked down. Rob the Bot has their structure. I was listening to a podcast that, uh, that Martin Nook was on. He was saying the same thing. Like, if we're not playing within structure, you're going to hear it from Rod. <laughs> so, so, uh, they, they play very, very structured. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, Sebastian Ajo, he's been on a tear. I think he's super underrated. If I think if the, the reins were let loose on him a little bit, he could probably produce more points than he has. But, then again, it's you know there's no iron team. You know they wanna they wanna win collectively, um, and yeah I don't know I think with this one in particular and it's just kind of weird because you know the Islanders are known for their defense and how few goals uh, they let up. Um, granted, I would love to see Chara get a goal this season. That would be pretty cool <laughs> to see uh, Chara get one. Um, but yeah, I mean if we're going straight up and let me just preface it. I mean I think y'all know this by now. I'm pretty new with the betting world. And all the terminology and numbers breaking it down and that stuff but i would i would yeah i would pick uh the hurricanes because i know i know uh rob the body's not in the locker room hooting and hollering and cheering no, and stuff he's not cheering a playoff clinch. no way that's not happening no, no he, he was probably still in the gym at 5 30 this morning you know doing his curls so yeah very possible yeah. i'm just, very I'm just possible. gonna one really weird stat i just i was looking something for, i have not done at uh, any point in my lifetime curls at five in the morning no so the Islanders are second lowest over the last 10 in Corsi 4 per 60, and the Hurricanes are far and away the best at Corsi against per 60. 
like yep. by multiple attempts at per per sixty. I, I mean, man, the Islanders finding offense here would be a, a miracle. And I, I, there's a couple games weighing that down. Um, but the Hurricanes have had, I think, four, I believe, with 22 or less shots on goal in the past 10. I think that's one of them was a 15 against Dallas. That's pretty bad. So I would I would take a look and just again, I'm if you're if you're betting on the Islanders to find offense here, I, I think you're you're going the wrong way. I also don't think you should play the DFS goalie for the Hurricanes because if they win and they allow one or two goals, they're not optimal. So I just want to point that out. I know I'm just saying they might not find a lot of goals, but they might find one or two. And if that happens and you have, you know, and with 18 saves, he's not optimal. So I just want to make that point as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, in this one, Noah Dobson, we got to give him credit. He's had a nice season for the on two points in the last game against uh, Dallas. And he's found a little offensive flair for the uh and that's kind of what made the uh, Devontae. That's what kind of why Lamorello traded Devontae's because he thought Noah Dobson could be the cheaper and bet and fit into that role and play well. And he's playing well for the Islanders, especially of late. And his offensive game, forty points, it's pretty good. All right, Minnesota, St. Louis. We've got the uh, uh, even money here, both sides minus one ten six the total in this game. Uh, uh, Minnesota off a bad performance against Nashville. I expect them to be better here, but St. Louis. First of all, St. Louis has won three in a row at home. St. Louis has owned Minnesota, believe it or not. Uh, St. Louis is 7-1 and one in the last eight meetings against the Wild. And another thing I don't like for Minnesota, even though I kind of want to back them and I lean to them, is their penalty-killing struggle. The Blues are just lighting it up with the power play. That could be a problematic matchup here for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Their power play, the Blues, has been great, and the penalty kill for the uh, Wild has really struggled lately, and that does concern me. There are a lot of trends to, that point to the over in this game and that's really what i'm more veering toward in this game is over six minus 120 i think it gets there talbot and Huso are, are going to be the goalies Huso continues to play pretty well uh for the most part though he's had a couple of bumps in the road he had that four goal allowance too remember recently as well against uh calgary but you know he's still been better than bennington that's why he's getting the starts talbot and net for the uh, minnesota wild who will be without by the way matt dumba and matt boldy uh both going to be out looks like Cairo is uh game time decision tonight Krug's still out for St. Louis, and I think at some point, you know, they're still going to miss him at times defensively, especially when they play a very capable offensive team like the Minnesota Wild. So, and again, this has been an over-series history. There's a lot of current trends where you got the Wild off a blowout loss, those kind of trends that point to Minnesota going over in the next game off a big loss. So uh, that's what I'm going to roll with here. Wild Blues over six minus 120. Uh, Peyton, I, I, I'm always, I hate to miss shows, and I've, that's why I wanted to just pop in when I could. But I'm on yeah. uh, Minnesota in this game, and I have the over in the late game. I, I apologize, but uh, that I, sounds I, like you got to run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I, lo- I love being here. So I'm happy that you guys are here with Ian as well. And uh hope you guys have a great day and good weekend. That uh, Those are my plays. Uh, best bet for the show. Let's go with you over uh, Colorado, Winnipeg. All right, Colorado, Winnipeg, which is our last game. We'll get to it in a sec. Over six. All right, Andrew, see up. There he is, Andrew McGinnis. All right, Peyton, what do you think here? Minnesota, St. Louis. Yeah, I think this is a this is going to be a really really fun game to watch, uh, especially you know both organizations um, they they want to win so bad. I mean, that kind of sounds like a blanketed statement. Yeah, like no shit. Every organization wants to win games, um, but I know Bill Guerin. He's got like he's fighting. Um, he's, he's really been trying to turn this team around. I think he made some good moves, um, as far as the trade, the trade deadline goes, but I mean, uh, Kirill and Matt's, they, those, those two guys, they've just been clicking. I mean, they're, they're, they've been just not, I, I, I was, I saw some posts on Instagram about, 
I think I think Matt's uh, Zuccarelli has been like one of the most underrated players this season. I mean, he's putting up crazy numbers. I think Kirill is one of the most fun players to watch now. Um, it's going to be interesting because I believe that you know the Blues they've they play such a physical hard game. I mean, it's, that's how they you know won the Stanley Cup. Um, but I think I think Minnesota's going to come on top on this one. I'm with you. I lean Minnesota. Uh, I, I, I might still bet him small, but at the same time, I'm also very concerned about the penalty kill against this Blues power play, which is just, you know, I've been impressed all year with them. Shen and, and obviously Perron's been outstanding for them uh, this year. They've got uh, different guys. They can mix and match. The Brube often does that. Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Auto Parts, Shen, uh, Perron, Robert Thomas. Look at what he's done. Buchnevich, of course, getting him from the Rangers has been big. Look at Robert Thomas, by the way. I target points with him at the moment because you look at the last several games, he's got seven points in the last four games uh, for the St. Louis Blues. And this is a guy I saw up close and personal, Hamilton Bulldogs uh, in the Ontario Hockey League, the junior ranks. They traded for him that year. They made a push for the Memorial Cup. And Robert Thomas played great for us that year. Uh, and actually, we're in a season right now in the Ontario Hockey League where Hamilton could win the Memorial Cup again. We've got a team good enough to do it. So let's go Bulldogs on a totally unrelated story. But Robert Thomas, I saw him a lot here in Hamilton playing in the junior ranks. He's a good player. He keeps getting better. He's feeling it right now. You talk about player props to target. Robert Thomas could do a lot worse than that right now for St. Louis. What do you think, DJ? Yeah, I mean, everything's kind of... I'm going to piggyback. I like the wild here. They're, I think the better team in general, um, this game, uh, it, it's, it's not an over for me. I'm not betting the under either. It actually just moved to six and a half and I kind of considering the under six and a half, but I'm just not going to do it. it really is going to come down to which version of Talbot that we, do we get. And if it's the, the version that we've seen somewhat lately over, you know, the recent history, you know, it's a great version. He's played really, really well. Only one kind of done in his last five or six. If, uh, he shows up and, and does what he did earlier in the year and when they traded for Fleury, it's not going to go well for that under bet. So I'm going to kind of fade that. I'm going to maybe put a small half unit on the wild because I do think that its price is pretty good. Um, Prop-wise, nothing screams off the page, but I, I kind of just like Ryan Hartman over 2.5 plus 100. Uh, I mean, the eight-shot on goal game last time is, is boosting him up maybe more than uh, it should because he hadn't been really trending that fantastically before that, but – this line should be getting a lot of run. Um, and I think that St. Louis could be somewhat susceptible defensively compared to what others maybe believe. Uh, I, I, you know, Huso's going to have to bail him out. But since I think it's going to be close anyways, you know, I think that while that top line out there as much as possible. So Hartman, you know, plus 100 just feels a little bit better than, you know, he's going to get three, then Kaprizov to get four at about the same price. But I, I don't mind the Kaprizov either because it's, with Kaprizov, it's kind of like McDavid. If you take McDavid to shop up every night and you watch him play, you are going to punch a hole in the wall when he doesn't hit because he could hit it every night. He could take 100 shots on net. He just doesn't do it. Um, and that's the same with Kaprizov. Some nights he takes 10, 10 attempts, and some nights he takes two because he is just trying to be a playmaker. So with that, it always makes me a little nervous for the four. Um, the point props, you already said it. I mean, Thomas minus 150, like that's kind of a joke. They also changed their power play and they have the full second line on one unit with Falk. I love that stack. I know it's going to be, I think it's going to go under the radar is what I'm getting at. I, you know, I like the wild here. So it's like, why would you take a stack on the other side? Because I think most of the public's going to like the wild here. So a lot of people won't end up taking a lot of blues. 
and you get the entire Tarasenko, Thomas, Bruce Nevich stack way under market value, even if they only score three goals, the Blues, and they lose four to three, let's say, like like what basically the odds are telling us, they get all three of those goals, you still win in DFS. So I think that's probably my, my favorite stack from this game in general. It's very, very fairly priced. You can still afford Carolina or some Florida pieces with it. Um, not quite Colorado one, but we'll get there next. Um, so yeah, I, I overall in this game, I think it's there's some good props that have at least some meat on the bone. Really, everyone besides Caprizov and Zuccarello are priced, I think, very fairly to get a point. Yeah, definitely. There's, that's the great thing about the Wild. You could really pepper the board and look for some uh, dip, dip, good shots and good uh, yeah. numbers, good prices. I, I, good would, I would be really interested players, in knowing yeah. why Caprizov. I know like the points in general they have on the year, but Caprizov minus 250, Zuccarello minus 205, and then you have Hartman at 135 for a point. Yeah. It's like yeah. they play together the whole time i mean they're on the same line yes it's like those are the pl- I, players you like I to mean, pluck pluck off and, and uh you know bet you know just, when they're on that top line and they're totally at a much better price than the two line mates it, it yeah. is 53 points in 69 games and it's like just zero respect just none just no. well, I, i'm glad you brought that up dj because I, I love the hartman pick i mean it, it almost sounds like a slam dunk which you know that's i don't know if that's a good yeah. term to use or not but i mean he's almost just as skilled as them yeah, at eight shots on it. goal against and, Nashville, even though he didn't yeah, score a point. Yeah. So be careful with looking and at him. He didn't score yeah. a point yet. And he works his balls off. Looks. He works hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He he drives the bus for that line, you know? Yeah. And, like, I mean, Matthews had o- over 10 shots on goal last night. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah like those, those those big boys, they can they can get as many shots and goals they want. Yeah, I, I think I think you know the, the thing about Hartman too on the power play is he's not the net front guy. It's not like you're you're like he they want him shooting it just as much as Capri. You know they have Spurgeon, uh, Erickson Eck who's net front. Take but the problem with Erickson he takes the face off, so sometimes you get a little boost on the power play point with that. But I mean they they pass to Hartman to shoot, and I don't know it, it feels real weird to me. And I bet it. And people ask me like him and Brady the Chuck are the two that I keep I keep hammering. People are like why them? And I'm like. Just look at the pricing. Their line mates, like, I, I know Norris has been scoring, but Brady assists on all of them. Like, if you're running points, just take the better guy at the better price. So that's what I'd say there. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, those are always great. We see these constantly throughout the course of the season where you'll see a top line or a second line and two guys are priced up at minus 150 to get a point and there's someone at even money or a plus price. You see Same it. With it's how often. We already yep. said it with DeBrusque, too. He's plus 100 while his line mates are uh, – Minus yep. 200. It's like, yeah. So that's the always things I love. Yeah. Take that opportunity yeah. with that third guy that's mispriced yeah. on that and, same and line. It is a little yeah. role specific. Like I wouldn't say Jarvis is the same as, you know, cause he doesn't play any power play time almost at all. Um, and you know, 13, 14 minutes of ice time, but that is not the case with Hartman. He's going to play as many minutes as the other guys. And for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, got, he's got 53 points in 69 games this year. So that, yeah. That doesn't suck at all. It's not bad. No, it's, it's no, not bad. more than I have. By, by yeah, not bad. And you know what it is? It's just good old fashioned elbow grease and work ethic is what's got Ryan Hartman to that kind of count. I mean, uh, he's, he's probably hit thirty goals this year. Yep. Yeah. He's at twenty-seven. Yep. So, right, record-breaking yeah. year for him. No, he's, he's been absolutely sensational. Uh, they've gotten everything and more from him, and they're going to continue. If they put him in positions like that to be a top six forward, he'll score, continue to score and produce just because of how he goes to the front of the net, he takes punishment to get there, and he is going to put himself constantly in a position to put the puck in the net. Now, is he going to go through a drought where you know he's gotten all kinds of chances and shots and the puck doesn't go in? Yeah, everybody goes through that. 
But long-term, he's going to continue to produce if he keeps getting these opportunities in the minutes, as far as I'm concerned. All right, Colorado-Winnipeg, final game on this Friday slate. Colorado, minus 180, road favorite, six the total. I have to do it. I have to do it, even though I thought I wouldn't take them again after losing to Detroit and what might have ended their season and their playoff hopes. But this spot screams that it's terrible for Colorado, right? They just swept Pittsburgh back-to-back games in Denver. They beat them again in Pittsburgh the other night. They've got a bigger game coming up on tap uh, tomorrow night against the Edmonton Oilers uh, in Edmonton. And right in between two big wins against Pittsburgh, Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, and the Oilers tomorrow night. You play lowly Winnipeg tonight for this Colorado team. And you're going to see Pavel Fransos uh, in net instead of Darcy Kemper. And I'm not big on the way Fransos has played lately uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. You know, he played well in his last start against San Jose. Uh, but before that, we saw him, you know, give up three goals to Philly, three goals before that to San Jose, four goals to uh, the New York Islanders. You know, the Islanders got four goals past him. So, you know, he's not exactly a guy that I fully trust at the moment. And for Winnipeg, look, Josh Morrissey said I couldn't even look at my teammates in the eye after how bad that game was against Detroit. Now, maybe they're just so terrible right now. And look, obviously, Colorado is better than Winnipeg. No one's going to deny that. But this is a spot-driven league, especially at this time of year. And for Winnipeg, this is do or die. This is all hands on deck tonight. You need points desperately, hanging on, clinging for dear life to any sort of playoff hopes. you got to think about you know maybe running the table. One or two losses at most is all you can afford uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't trust them for the full game, but I think in the first 20 minutes, you got Colorado you know, caught up in their heads a little bit. Two big wins against Pittsburgh. Tomorrow night, they got Edmonton. And the last time Winnipeg played Colorado, it was in Denver, not Winnipeg, but they jumped on them. 3 nothing. they led after the first period. Colorado ended up coming back and winning that game 6-3. to But the Jets got off to a fast start in that game. And I think maybe Colorado a little disinterested, disengaged early. Winnipeg, now or never, do or die time. At least can I trust them in the first 20 minutes in the first period to maybe get a lead. I think so. I hope so. And I'm taking them at plus 135, plus 140, first period. So, you know, are you kind of calling this one like a trap game for the yes. Yeah, kind of. Now, they're good enough to overcome the trap, but there's been games this year where even Colorado has fallen victim to the trap. You know, Arizona beat them right before the All-Star break. That was the ultimate trap game. Arizona goes into Denver, beats them. Coyotes did mm-hmm. that. So they have fallen victim in these kind of circumstances, Winnipeg. So or sorry, Colorado, but I think Winnipeg early in the game, do I trust them for 60 minutes? Hell no. I would lean to them in the full game money line, but I think it's better to focus in, zone in on the first period because I think that could be where they get the jump on Colorado. I also like the over in the full game as well. I'm not going to argue with series history. It's been very, very high scoring, 7-3 and three, uh, to the over uh, in the last 10 meetings with the Avs and the uh, Jets. I think that will uh, continue. And by the way, they played each other uh, three of the last four uh, meetings, or each of the last three meetings, I should say, seven four, seven one, six three. So they all went over the total. So I do like the game over six as well. Uh, Peyton, we'll start with you on this one. Final game of this Friday card: Colorado, Winnipeg. Well, damn! After after your breakdown, it's kind of tough to follow that one up. Uh, yeah, I, there's just so many variables going into this. Kind of hard to pick a side in particular. Um, I don't have like everything pulled up in front of me. I know I wasn't prepared, but if there's if there's like a, a bet for for McKinnon for shots, 
I, I would take that because as of lately, they feed him on the power play. Now, what I have noticed in the power play, his shot's not that accurate, but he's taking them. I mean, the guy's like shooting like high as shit. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, he's he's been a beast. He's been a monster. Uh, I'm sure, um, you know, his coach is telling him to stop fighting so he doesn't break his hand and get hurt for the playoffs. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because when the Jets want to win, I feel like they if they care, like they're going to come out and they're going to win the game. Like they have the tail, they have the skill, they have the talent to do it. Um, it's just a matter of like will and if they're actually going to run their, their their game plan. But um, God, I mean, yeah, you, I mean you have Kale McCarr who's just he's going to win a Norris. Might not be this year. I think I think uh, Yossi might have stolen it from him. Um, yeah, but their depth is just phenomenal. I would love to see them win a cup. I would love to see McKinnon win a cup in particular. Um, but to land the plane, I mean. Yeah, this could be a like a sneaky win for the Jets, especially because, like you said, Ian. Um, I mean, they got the Oilers coming up tomorrow, so it's like, how much are they going to care about tonight? Um, which is kind of like a weird thing to say because you would assume a pro is going to care about every game they play in. But at the same time, let's let's keep it real here. I think um, I think their their eye is probably more shooting towards tomorrow. So yeah, I would. Um, Man, yeah, maybe the Jets. I, I I think it's just one of those. Just it's you see it coming sometimes from a mile away. That it's just it worries me. You know, backup goalie in. They just beat Pittsburgh. You know, one of these teams that people keep saying. You know, maybe it's a Stanley Cup final preview. I don't know about the Pittsburgh side of it. Whether they'll get through the East, but certainly Colorado can get through the West. And two big games. They won both. They play Edmonton tomorrow night. That's a bigger game than this one for Colorado. It's just all the warning signs and the red flags galore of maybe a danger spot for the Avalanche. But counter argument is when Winnipeg good enough to do anything about it. The team we just saw spit the bit at home to Detroit. And that is a legit question. DJ, what do you think? Avs, Jets? Uh, Winnipeg is my least favorite team uh, on the year, for sure. I They, they are my crimp tonight because I just keep like, there's no way this team is going to continue to allow as many high danger scoring chances as they do. And it's like, we're too deep in the season now where I can't rely on that. Um, we are getting your Tushkin back, who is a difference maker. We're also not getting Blake Wheeler, who is bad um that might actually help Winnipeg he's not been very good but he is he can better lately but drive, yeah he can drive play offensively but yeah. defensively yikes um so you know I really do think here that there's a lot of reasons why I bet the Colorado puck line I'm not gonna lie to anyone I just <laughs> they're gonna show up and I think they're gonna you know they're gonna take care of business because that's what they do every game um except for the that one game against Arizona I do remember that because I had one dollar on Arizona and it hit and I was dying <laughs> um so anyways though with all that being said, McKinnon, first off, it is you need five shots on goal for a hit for him. It's four and a half minus one fifteen. I don't hate it. Um, over the last three, he's averaging seven shots attempts. So, you know, you hope that you're on the right side of variance there. It could hit, but it's probably not favorite. Um, Burakovsky is seemingly going to stay on his line. We don't know that for a fact, like one thousand percent, but it sounds like it's going to be in your Tushkin with Lekkinen and Kopfer. Lekkinen and Kopfer were on the first power play with Rantanen, McKinnon, and McCarr. We don't know if that's going to stick with Nertushkin coming back. I have been in to score because it's it's like now now with Nertushkin back, it's like I like that line even more to dominate offensively because Nertushkin is an amazing uh, defensive player and really good at getting the puck down into the other zone. But I worry that Lekkonen might lose his power play role. But at wherever he is, uh, plus 330 for Lekkonen. It's a good rate shooter. We were betting all day in Montreal with a bunch of 
Montreal Canadiens that weren't even Cole Caulfield or Nick Suzuki. So I think I'd take it with Colorado Avalanche players like Makar that might be out with him. Um, and I just you really don't trust much of anything defensively for Winnipeg. I, I like their goaltending okay, and that's why I don't really hate the um, – well, the Hellebuck. We don't know yet, so we don't have a prop. But if you get Hellebuck at like 29 and a half, I've been jamming Winnipeg's goalies every time for their save prop pretty much. Not always with parlays, but sometimes. And it hits a lot. Um, they've been giving up the past three – uh, 37 uh, the shots on goal, 834. Before that was a 29 against Arizona. Letting Arizona almost get 30 shots, you should just be exiled. 32, 42. I mean, they are giving up a lot of shots again. So if you think Winnipeg gets this done, which I don't, I mean, they're going to be playing hard. It's going to be reliant on the goaltending, making big saves. I like Hellebuck very much. So I do think that if you're, you know, and to go into DFS really quickly, if you're not playing Colorado, where you have a really, really reduced price on line two and a very fair price on line one, if you're not playing Hellebuck, you're definitely losing. Because even if Colorado, so let me just really quickly this mentality on DFS for anyone that plays. If you fade Colorado and they score six goals, it doesn't matter at that point if you have Hellebuck or not, because you are dead. You did not win any money. If I mean, Hellebuck just made it worse. You went from not making any money in GPPs to coming in last rather than if you have a really good couple stacks early and hello buckets a 45 safe shutout you might win the slate so yep. that's the mentality i use and that's been successful for me uh, i'm not going to go over specific lineups i've done but getting a lower owned goalie with good upside that's going to see a lot of shots in a game that like we're saying it's not that far fetched that winnipeg can win i know i'm betting against them and he could face a lot of shots and stop him because he does have a 1.99 goals against yeah, exactly Five he's stars. one of the like he, he's one of the best goalies in the world. I would say top five for sure. Lost his he, way for a bit, but he's been better again the last. Yeah, five. It, was a, it was a short stint there where we were worried about him, but there was a short stint for Shesterkin. I mean, all yeah. goalies are going to have it. So if you playing DFS tonight and you're stacking Carolina, Florida, like I'm probably going to end one. You just you're putting in Hellebuck. That's one thing I'm going to say. And for props, McKinnon over a point and a half is big plus money plus one forty. It's pretty good. Uh, I mean. Yeah. It's not that he does it every game, but he's incredibly involved. Um, I, you know, Makar is going to make the mix, I think, too, but they don't have him for a point and a half in DraftKings, so it's minus 240, which is just a heck of a price to pay for a point. So it's really parlay fodder only. Not going to be included at with, like, straight bets because what's the point? Um, Burke, he minus 145, as long as we see him on the top line. So without knowledge of it, I just can't, in good faith, put it in my mix. Because um, if it's Nertushkin, he's minus 120. So if they go out for warm-up skates and you're not jamming in Nertushkin's point prop, you're missing out on free money. There you go. If, uh, if he's with McKinnon and in. Okay. Yes. Which we don't know for sure. We think. We don't know. We think. That's we don't what know uh, for sure. We're Nader, waiting. Nader, I think, put. But the coaches yeah. never confirmed that. And they didn't skate lines. So I think he's just kind of guessing. That's okay. He guesses a lot of stuff. He's not always wrong. But he likes to guess. Yeah. Right now, they've got Burakovsky, McKinnon, Rantanen currently uh, listed on the top line for Colorado tonight. But again, nothing confirmed totally as of yet. What Peyton said about McKinnon's shots definitely makes sense. I mean, it, th- that's up to four and a half now, but he could get five easily, five plus. Yeah. Just, Way more. That's what he's done. Yeah, because definitely. I know they're, yeah. not on the, they're not on the same five on five line, but they just rely on McKinnon so much more offensively. That yep. it, it, you know, maybe it's in his head, but it seems like when Kadri's not in, he hits almost every time. Um, yep. Last game, I think, was a big one for him, right? Did he have a whole? No, it was only three, three and four. So he hasn't hit it in a while over five, but 
he had like you know last time he played Winnipeg he had 14. Last so. time he played I was just about to say last time he played Winnipeg only 14 shots on goal for uh, Nathan <laughs> McKinnon in that game. Not too much. Uh, yeah, there's probably there's probably a difference between shots on goal and shooting the puck. Yeah. Um, so that, You're right. Yeah, I mean McKinnon. I mean he could, you know, he could shot attempts could be 100 with shots on net, which would just as of lately from what I've seen, mm-hmm. um, when he's ripping his one timers in the power play, it's like it's like 50 yeah. 50. It's like I don't know if that, it's that, right or not. Matt on my morning say about Matt, Matt always talks about McKinnon. He's like he shoots a ton, but he's just not accurate, and people bury him. It's like look how many goals he has. It's like look, he's incredibly good at hockey, so like he's gonna get goals. But I mean, he doesn't great. suck at hockey, so yeah. yeah. If he's on the right side of variance tonight, he'll hit over four and a half in the second period, probably a yep. minute in. Like Winnipeg is a train wreck to fancy and they, we thought they fixed it they didn't fix it yep i don't know it's broken forever they gotta go they gotta move back to move back to atlanta maybe and they'll fix it because yeah the problem yeah. is nobody in atlanta wants them probably or cares to want them so oh, that's, uh, that, that's the issue uh with that but uh yeah tough tough times for winnipeg you're right defensively i'll be honest it's been a disappointment defensively i thought bringing in brendan Dillon was going to help you know, Nate Schmidt, and for some reason, I don't know, they've just had those same problems in their own end at times, and it's been uh, disappointing to see that. I still think they miss Truba from the uh, old days because Truba's fit in pretty nicely with the uh, Rangers, what he's been able to do with them, and still missing that little rugged presence on the uh, back end for sure. All right, great stuff. Yeah. No, All right, DJ. Say, they just can't, I was going to say, they just can't play Logan Stanley anymore. He literally threw yeah. away the game. I was like, oh, my God. He's really had a tough time at times. Oh, just I, feel, I feel bad. I mean, yeah. he, he has a lot of block shots, so people at DFS yeah. are like, oh, this guy any good? And I'm like, well, he's always in his defensive zone because he can't yeah. play hockey. So it's it's tough. <laughs> okay, sorry. There's no breakouts. You're right. There's there's problems handling the puck. You're right. There's been out of, caught out of position. He could beat him with foot speed to the front of the net. There's been all kinds of issues at times. Yeah, with Stanley's play uh, in his own zone, there's no doubt. Our Peyton Clark, great job on your first appearance here on the Ice Guys. DJ, great job as well uh, on this Friday edition. We'll wrap things up with best bets uh, in just a second. Before we do that, we want to remind you, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL with your shot win big. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right. Best bets to wrap up this Friday edition of the Ice Guys. Peyton, you're the first-time guest on the show, so we'll start with you here for best bet. Uh, what do you like tonight for your Friday best bet? Oh, put me on the spot here. Friday best bet... I'm about to go with. I'll, I'll say I'll say Florida. I'll go with Florida. Florida puck line. Straight up. Yep. All right, Florida puck line for Peyton with his uh, best bet here. Laying the price. It is Buffalo on a back to back. That does. I know you're concerned, DJ, with Buffalo in this spot, uh, like in oh, Florida here uh, on the uh, p- uh, puck line here. Florida minus the uh, one sixty 
for the uh, Florida Panthers puck line for Peyton Clark. First best bet here on the uh, ice guys. All right, DJ, best bet. What do you like? Um, I, I'm the prop guy at this point, so I'm going to stick with props and I am going to go with Mackenzie uh, Weger over a, a half a point. So minus 125, it's just, it doesn't make much sense. I top power play all the offense. I think that they're going to score four or five. So why can't he just get me an assist? Um, you can take his assist. It's like plus 125, but I don't know. He's shooting up. He's shooting more than anyone else on the team. So I wouldn't jeopardize yourself there. I also don't like the defenseman to score. So just take the point. Make it easy. There you go. Mackenzie Weegar. Boy, that that if I had a player prop best bet tonight, I think that would probably be it. I was shocked to see minus 135 Mackenzie Weegar to get a point for Florida here tonight. Again, taking up the point production, the minutes, the power play time, yada, yada, that Aaron Ekblad did uh, for Florida. So Weegar over to collect a point for uh, DJ with his best bet. My best bet's going to be Minnesota-St. Louis over six, minus 120. Uh, I like that quite a bit. It's been an over-trending series history. Uh, the wild penalty kill struggling. The Blues power play is in good form right now. I think you'll see both teams find some offense in that game. We'll go wild Blues over six, minus 120 for my best bet for this Friday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to DJ Mitchell, Peyton Clark for joining us as guests today. Uh, 136 live viewers hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week. Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast if you can't watch the show live. The Latvian warrior, Vito, will be joining me tomorrow on, and Sunday like he always does here on the Ice Guys. Renus Vitalins joining us from Latvia uh, on the Ice Guys show this weekend. So looking forward to having Vito back with me for Saturday and Sunday. For DJ Mitchell, Peyton Clark, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.